you to spend time in your word. We thank you for all the kids and adults who are here today. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. And Lord, especially for these kids, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would convince them of the power and the accuracy of your word, that your word is always right. Help us to trust you more, Lord. Help us to believe your word better. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, today we've made it to Daniel chapter 5. And Daniel chapter 5 is often told a little different than I'm going to tell it today. But in order for us to get started with this story, we have to back up a little bit. Does anybody remember about that really bad dream that Nebuchadnezzar had? He woke up from the dream. He couldn't remember the dream. He called in all the men. He, pro- he told me he's going to chop them up in little bitty pieces if they could not tell him his dream and tell him what his dream meant. But Daniel came in and Daniel told him, does anybody remember what he saw in his dream? A statue, that's right. And we learned about a statue. And here's the statue. Oh, well, a picture of the statue. The head was of gold. And who did the head represent? Anybody remember? King Nebuchadnezzar and the kingdom of Babylon. And then Daniel said that the chest of gold and the arms, those, that part represented another kingdom that would take the place of Babylon. So today, we're going to learn about that second kingdom and how it took the place of Babylon. The Bible tells us in um, Daniel chapter 5 exactly how that happened. But I want us to start with this verse right here, Psalm 119 and verse 160. Can you all read this with me? Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. So when God speaks and when God tells us something, we can be confident that God's word is right. Now, God had told Nebuchadnezzar in the dream, and then Daniel interpreted that there was a head of gold, that was him, but then another kingdom, a kingdom that had two arms, there would be two parts, in other words, to this kingdom, would take the place of Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. So let's find out today, was the word of God accurate? Was God right? Well, if you remember, the children of Israel were taken away and they were taken from their homeland to the country of Babylon. That's right. And who ruled in the city of Babylon? Who was the king in charge? Nebuchadnezzar. That's right. And so they took away the Jewish people. But not everybody in Jerusalem and in Judea actually went away. There was one man who stayed behind. He got left behind. His name was Jeremiah. What was his name? Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Well, one day God told God had told Jeremiah before the Babylonians invaded that they were going to invade. He told Jeremiah what was going to happen when they came. He told Jeremiah they were going to be taken away into captivity. But when it all started happening, God told Jeremiah that one day he was going to destroy Babylon. In fact, God told him how it was going to be destroyed. He gave him all kinds of amazing details. And in our Bibles, we can find that in Jeremiah chapter 50 and chapter 51. And so God told Jeremiah, well, Jeremiah, it's recorded for us in the Bible, but Jeremiah knew a man that was a prince by the name of uh, Sarai, I think is how you say his name. 
And he told Sariah, the Bible says that Sariah was a very quiet prince. But he told him, he said, I want you to take this message and I want you to take it into, Jeru- into Babylon when you go. Because Sariah was going with the king of Israel and he was making that trip to Babylon. And so he wrote down the message, what is now Jeremiah 50 and 51. And he said, when you get to Babylon, I want you to go in and I want you to read this message. Well, Sariah, his name meant God. Jehovah, God, is the ruler. And so he sent a man whose name means God is the ruler to tell Babylon what God was going to do to them. So he said, when you get to the city, he said, you walk in the middle of the city, and he gave him all these instructions. So when Jeremiah got there, he walked into the city of Babylon. Oh, he took a rock with him. Jeremiah had told him what to do with the rock. So he said, you go into Babylon, and you read this message. So Sariah goes in, and he says, oh, Babylon is taken! Now, Babylon was strong. They were powerful. They had just taken over Israel, they had, or Judah. They had brought in all the Judeans. And now one of these men from Judah walks in and says that they've been taken captive. These people must have thought he was kind of crazy because it was just the opposite in reality of that moment. But he said, Babylon is taken. Bel is confounded. That was their national god. The god they worshiped was Bel. And he said, Bel is taken. And so he started telling them all these things were going to happen. You're going to have a big party, and you're all going to get drunk, and you're going to be like a bunch of lambs. And then another country is going to sneak in. He even told them which country was going to sneak in, and they're going to kill you. And they're going to destroy the land. And when he got to the end of it, he said, thus saith the Lord. And then Sariah looked up into the sky and he said, God, this is what you have decided you're going to do to this nation. And then he walked over to the river Euphrates. And he did just like Jeremiah said. He got that book of God's words and he rolled it up and he tied it to a rock. And he stood at the edge of the Euphrates River, and he threw it in. And he said, that's what's going to happen to Babylon. They're going to sink and never rise again. Well, anybody listening would have thought that Sariah was crazy. Because Babylon was the most powerful kingdom on earth. But part of the message that was tied up onto that rock, read like this. Let's read part of that message. He said, set ye up a standard in the land, blow the trumpet among the nations, prepare the nations against her, that's against Babylon, call together against her the kingdoms of, you see that name right there? Ararat. Anybody ever heard that name Ararat in the Bible? What landed on the mountains of Ararat? You know? No. Something landed on the mountains of Ararat. What was it? Noah's Ark. That's right. Okay, so up north of Babylon, which is now in modern-day Turkey, close to Armenia, is the mountains of Ararat. So the kingdoms of Ararat are going to come down against Babylon. He went on, prepare against her the nations with the kings of the who? The Medes, the captains thereof, and all the rulers thereof, and all the land of his dominion. 
Then he said, then the heaven and the earth and all that is therein shall sing for Babylon, for the spoiler shall come unto her from which direction? The north, saith the Lord. So they're coming from Ararat. They're coming from the Medes. The Medes are the, one of the countries coming, and they're coming from the direction of the north. Well, let's look at a map here of Babylon. Here's the river Euphrates, where um, Sariah threw the message into. So we have the city of Babylon. Up here, we have Mount Ararat. So it was the countries around that, the, that mountain range. And then we have Media, or the Medes, that nation, which had joined with the Persians down here and made what we call today the Persian Empire. But they were really the Medo-Persian Empire because it was both countries together. So they said, they're going to come down from which direction? From the north, they're going to come down and they're going to invade. Now, 70 years before Daniel chapter 5 happened, Jeremiah said, this is what God said was going to happen. So let's look and see. Well, sure enough, history tells us that one day the Persian army came down and invaded Babylon. And they came down to the city of Babylon. And history tells us that the Persian army got outside the city and they were ready to fight. They were going to fight these Babylonians and they were planning on whooping them. But you know what the Babylonians did? They stayed inside their city. Well, Jeremiah 70 years earlier had said, the mighty men of Babylon have forborne, that means refused, to fight. They have remained in their holds. And guess what? 70 years after God told Jeremiah that the Babylonians weren't going to fight, they were just going to stay inside their castles, guess what they did? They stayed right inside the city. And so in 539 B.C., the Persian army had surrounded the city of Babylon for two years. For two years, they were parked outside, just waiting for the Babylonians to come out and fight. But the kings of Babylon, and I say kings because there was more than one king at this time, they didn't want to fight. The main king is not talked about in the Bible. His name is Nabonidus. What's his name? He sounds like an infection or a bug or something that'd be in your hair. But this is actually a drawing of Nabonidus or an etching on a stone. Well, Nabonidus was the king. He was the son-in-law of Nebuchadnezzar. He, as far as we know, he married Nebuchadnezzar's, one of Nebuchadnezzar's daughters. But the problem was one of, one of her little um, nephews was the king. Uh, he was just a baby. And Nabonidus wanted to be king. So he killed the little kid so that he could be king, and he took over Babylon. Well, he was really big and tough. I mean, he could kill a baby. I mean, he was tough, right? He couldn't pick on anybody his own size. But anyway, Nabonidus, he decided to retire after just a few years. He was tired of being king. So he moved out into the desert, and he left his son, Belshazzar, in charge well, what's interesting, parents, is for years, people who doubt the Bible said that the Bible made up the name Belshazzar, that he never existed. And until the year like 1852, there was no evidence anywhere in the world except for the Bible that Belshazzar was actually the king of Babylon. Until one day they were excavating in eight, uh, 1852 in Ur of the Chaldees, and they found a temple that Nabonidus had built to his favorite god, the moon god. And on the side of the, of the temple, 
he made this etching. May I, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, not sin against thee, and may reverence for thee dwell in the heart of who? Belshazzar, my firstborn favorite son. He had a favorite kid. His favorite kid was Belshazzar. Guess what? The word of God was true. There was a man by the name of Belshazzar, and he was king of Babylon because his daddy wanted to retire. So daddy still had power, but Belshazzar was ruling. And one day, he decided he wanted to have a big party. So he invited hundreds of guests. And these guests, he had a whole bunch of wives. He had all of his wives there, and he had his lady slaves, and he had his um, I mean, there were soldiers there that commanded the armies. There were the, uh, a bunch of wise men were there. He had all of his governors and he had all these rulers that came to the party. Well, 70 years before that, God had told Jeremiah in their heat, I will make their what? What were they going to have? Feast. Feast. That's a big party that they may rejoice. They were going to have a lot of fun at this party. But what was going to be the result of the party? They were going to sleep a perpetual sleep. That means they were going to go to sleep and never wake up. What do we call that? Dying. They were going to die. He said they were going to have a big party, and as a result of the party, they were all going to die. Well, let's see. Jeremiah also said, I will bring them down like what? Lambs to the slaughter. They were going to become helpless. He said, I will make her what? What was going to happen to those people at the party? They were going to get drunk, and her princes, and her wise men, and her captains, and her rulers, and her mighty men. All of the rulers of Babylon were going to be at this party, and they were all going to get what? They were all going to get drunk. This was 70 years before the party. Well, Belshazzar thought he had such a great idea, let's have a party. Well, they got to the party, and they started drinking, and he started getting drunk. And all of a sudden, Belshazzar, he had an idea. They tell me that when you're drunk, you come up with dumb ideas. So I suggest not getting drunk, okay? Well, listen what he did. He had a great idea. All of a sudden, Belchazer, he's a little tipsy, but he remembers something. He said, I remember that my grandpa, the Bible calls him his father, but the word father means yeah, that could be for your dad or your grandpa, your great-grandpa, your great-great-grandpa, your great-great-great-great-grandpa. It just means your ancestor. And he remembered his ancestor or his grandfather in law. No, that would have been his grandfather by his mother. He remembered how that he had gone to Jerusalem, and he destroyed the temple of God, Jehovah God, and he took out all the candlesticks, and he took out all the pots, and all the pans, and all the cups, all the things they used for worshiping God. And he said, wouldn't it be fun? We've kept them in a storehouse these 70 years. I don't know, maybe it was kind of like having them in a museum where they could show them off. And he said, why don't we drink out of those? <clears throat> Do you think God was going to be happy with that? He said, let's worship our gods using the tools from God's temple. Do you think God was going to be pleased? You think God might get mad at Belshazzar for doing this? Well, let's see what happens. 
He sent men, and they went and they got this stuff out of the storehouse, and they started setting it out. And I mean, look at this guy right here. Oh, he thinks this is so funny. This is such a great idea. They start pouring the wine into the cups and into the bowls. I mean, can you imagine? They got a big old bowl, and they're trying to drink up out of the bowls, and they're getting ready, and they start drinking. Well, as they start drinking, he starts worshiping, and all the people there, they start worshiping their gods. The Bible says they worship the gods of wood and the gods made out of stone. And they start praising them. It was kind of like when you sit at the table and you say, oh, you know, I want to give a toast to so-and-so. Well, they were giving all these toasts to all these gods, and that was the way they were worshiping them. And so they're sitting there toasting all these gods. And all of a sudden, Belshazzar saw something. He'd never seen nothing like that before. And it scared him so bad that the Bible said his knees, his knees started shaking like this, and they started shaking together. You ever been so scared your legs started shaking? One time I was that nervous, I was up singing, and my legs started going like that, and so my microphone went like that. And so I held my microphone, and I went like that. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, I knew I looked really dumb up there. So I stood on one leg, and I quit shaking. And then I said it again. So I stood there and sang like, like a flamingo. Well, Belshazzar, his knees start shaking together and he can't control him. He is so scared. What has he seen? He has seen a hand come down. And Daniel said in Daniel chapter five that the hand began to write on the plaster of the wall. Well, they've dug up some of the wall of Babylon, of the king's palace. It's, it's all laying on the ground now, most of it. They started digging it up, and guess what they found on the side of the wall? They found plaster. The walls were covered with plaster, blue and other colors. And all of a sudden, this hand started writing. And it wrote these words with letters they, didn't read, they couldn't read. They didn't recognize those letters. There were words they couldn't read. So they didn't know what it meant, but he knew this is something scary because he's just, I mean, he's not feeling so drunk anymore, but, but, but he sees a hand. He sees it writing. He knows he's in big time trouble. So all of a sudden he stands up and he says, somebody tell me what that says. He said, call in the magicians and the, my, my soothsayers and all my wise men. So they all come running in. And they start looking at it, but they're all puzzled. I mean, they know all these different languages. I mean, these are really smart, high-educated guys. But they can't read this. They don't know what this means. Well, the king was so upset, he didn't know what he was going to do. He knew this meant trouble. He knew that hand was something mysterious. He knew he was in big trouble, but he didn't know what, and he didn't know why. But all of a sudden, the queen comes running in. It was probably the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar who would have been queen. He would, she would have been Nebuchadnezzar's wife. And she comes running in. And she said, wait, king, don't be troubled. Don't be worried. Because there is a man in your kingdom. I love that. One of my favorite sentences of the Bible. There is a man in your kingdom. And he can tell you what it says. He can tell you what it means. He used to work for your grandfather, and he would tell him all kinds of wise stuff. When the king doubted, he would help him not doubt. He, could, he was a wise man. The spirit of God was in him. He said, bring this man Daniel to me. Well, Daniel came in the room. And Daniel came in and, and he spoke to the king. 
But then he started telling the king, he said, King, your grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, was a great king. He was a powerful man. Whoever he promoted got promoted. Anybody he wanted dead, they would be killed. He was powerful. But one day, your grandfather got proud, and he was lifted up in his heart, and he thought he was better than God, and he took the glory of this kingdom on himself, and then God made him go crazy. And they put him out in the wilderness, and he tells him the whole story about him going out into the wilderness and him going crazy until finally he acknowledged that God in heaven was the true God and that he was in control. And he pointed his finger at Belshazzar and he said, you knew that story, but you became proud anyway. In other words, he said, Belshazzar, you knew better because all this happened to your grandfather and you became proud anyway. And then he explained to him, he said, you took these things that belong to God from his temple and God's going to punish you. And then he began to read the writing to him. He said, it says, Mini, Mini, Tikel, you farson. He said, first, Mini, Mini means God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. That means God has counted how many days your kingdom gets to rule. And today's the end. It's over. God's counted your kingdom. It's done. Today is the end of your kingdom. Tikel, thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. In other words, God has measured your life and he's found, oh, way too much sin. You're in trouble. You're being judged. And then he said, the last part means thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Why was the king being judged? Well, Jeremiah 70 years before it said, the Lord hath raised up the spirit of the kings of the who? The Medes, 70 years before, God told what was going to happen that night. For his device is against Babylon to destroy it because it is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance of his what? God said 70 years before they were going to be destroyed because of what they had done to the temple. And that night they drank out of the cups from the temple and God said, you're going to be destroyed. Well, Let's look at some other things Jeremiah had said. He said, how is Shishak, that's another name for Babylon, taken? And how is the praise of the whole earth? Surprised. 70 years before, God said, I'm going to bring Babylon down with a surprise. So while they were having the party, there was a surprise taking place outside. But it wasn't a good surprise. Historians tell us that that night, they had finally figured out, the Persians had finally figured out how to get the Babylonians. While they're at the party, while they're drunk, and they don't know what's going on, they stopped up part of the Euphrates River and kept it from flowing under the wall of the city. And so it was like a river they had made go through the city itself. And so they stopped up the river, they dried it up. The Bible said in Jeremiah that they burned up the bulrushes, and then they just walked under the city wall through the dried up canal. Well, 70 years before, look what Jeremiah said. I have laid a snare for thee. It was a trick. It was a trap. And thou art also taken, O Babylon, and thou wast not aware. Were the Babylonians aware of what was happening outside when they were at the party? No, God's word was true. 70 years before, thou art found and also caught because thou hast striven against the Lord. 
Babylon is, what word? Suddenly, it didn't take a long time. There weren't days and days and days of battle. There wasn't a great war. Just boom, all of a sudden, Babylon was taken. It was destroyed. He went on to say, the mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight. We read this while ago. They have remained in their holds. Their might hath failed. They became as women. Now, he's not just talking about normal women. He's talking about a woman that goes, ah, I'm I'm helpless. I can't defend myself. Oh, they're going to get me. Oh, they're going to beat me up. Somebody protect me. He said, that's what all the men of Babylon had become. They had become a bunch of sissies. That's what he was saying. Yeah, they've all become sissies. This was 70 years before. They were still big muscle men back then. They were big muscle men. And when they were muscle men, God said, oh yeah, guess what? One day, they're all going to be a bunch of sissies. (laughs) Jeremiah went on. One post, one of the men from one side of the city that's guarding and watching shall run to meet another and one messenger to meet another to show the king of Babylon that his city is taken at one end and that the passages are stopped. What he meant was, all of a sudden, these runners would come running in to tell the king, oh no, the city is taken at one end of the city. They've come in. They have what? They have, the passages are stopped. That word passages has to do with the waterways. They've stopped up the waterways. 70 years before, God said they would stop up the waterways and invade the city. Sure enough, they were in having their big party, having a fun time. But outside, God had a trap. God had a surprise for them. And that night, the Medes and the Persians came in under the city wall. Jeremiah had said, therefore shall her young men fall in the battlefield? Is that where they would fall? Is that where they'd fight and die? Nope, they never made it to a battlefield. They would fall in the what? In the streets and all her men of war shall be cut off in that day. And sure enough, the Medes and the Persians ran into the city and they killed all the soldiers right there in the streets of the city of Babylon. Well, the messengers got to the king and they said, they've invaded, they've invaded. The Persians are here. The Medes and the Persians are here. They're going to kill us all. God had said 70 years before, behold, I am against thee, O thou. What did he call Belshazzar? The most proud. What did Daniel tell him that night? He said, you were lifted up in pride. Saith the Lord God of hosts, for thy day is come. Meeny, meeny, tell you, Farson. Remember, thy days have been counted. Jeremiah told him that was going to happen. Well, the king could run that night, but he couldn't hide from them. Because God had said 70 years before, the most proud shall stumble and fall, and none shall raise him up. And in Daniel chapter 5, it says they took Belshazzar that very night, and they killed him. And Darius became the new ruler. So on that one night, while they were having a party, the head of gold became the chest and arms of silver. The head was gone. That's right. The head was chopped off. The Babylonian empire that had been so great right here in the green had been replaced by the Persian Empire. But then later, some other things happened to Babylon. Look what else was said by Jeremiah. What did God tell him? And Babylon shall become what? What's the word? Heaps. A dwelling place for dragons. Now, that's not like fire-breathing dragons. That's actually poisonous snakes. 
and astonishment and hissing without an inhabitant. You want to see the palace of Nebuchadnezzar today? The palace where they had the big party that night is right here. It's a heap. Now, Saddam Hussein, he loved Nebuchadnezzar. He thought he was a really great guy. So Saddam Hussein started trying to rebuild Babylon. And he started cleaning it up and excavating and digging out all the walls and finding the statues and things. And then when America invaded, guess what America put on that site right there? We put a temporary military base. And now people are mad at America because we further destroyed what was left of the destruction of Babylon. Today, it's just a pile of rocks. Why? Because the word of God is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. What God wrote 70 years before, almost all of it happened in one night. Why? Because God's word is true. You and I can trust God's word. Because God's word is what? God's word is true. Why don't we sing the song, I Believe the Bible Again? Let's all 